Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. <laughs> Hold the phone. Hey, brother. This is serious, serious. We could make you delirious, delirious. Just a bit Podcast coming to you live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. It is Thursday, February 26th. It is 10 p.m. It is time for Radio Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Hi. It's time for New York Sports Talk Night. We have a ton to get to tonight in episode 219. It's going to be a bit of a New York Sports Talk potpourri. We're going to talk about the Islanders and the Rangers and the trading deadline in the NHL is coming up on Tuesday. Will the Islanders make a trade? Will they be getting a key forward back? Are the Rangers, who are hot on the Islanders' trail, staying hot? And the Capitals, too. So we're going to talk a little hockey. And then the Mets and the Yankees. Spring training is in full bloom. The Mets captain, David Wright, had some interesting things to say today about his team's sudden propensity for chatter. We're going to talk a little bit about the captain tonight. I'm a little interested to get Cal's take on the only captain left in town in New York. And then the Jets and the Giants. The scouting combine is over. Free agency is 10, 12 days from today. Huge things are going on for these teams, even though it's the offseason. And then the curious case of Des Bryant. There's something going on there. I have no doubt the NFL will mess it up. So all of this, plus Bishop... Big Donut, and the fun load later on in the program. Hi. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, number 219. I am one of your hosts, Steve Sampietro, the aforementioned Sam Pete. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to talk about New York sports for the next hour, hour and 15. Then we're going to talk about, who knows, whatever comes to mind. So if you are new to the program, thank you for joining us. Thank you for downloading the podcast on iTunes. If you are an old-time listener... It's going to be the same uh, Schwigadel you're used to. You'll hear the occasional Italian cookie mentioned. Okay, let's get to it. Uh, let's bring in the co-host of the program and get right to the proceedings. Kel. The, yeah, that's the guy. The co-host Kel. of the podcast. The yin to my yang. The Yoko to my John Lennon. I don't think that's fair at all. He's the Gretzky, I'm the Yari Curry. Long flowing robes, splendid. 
Mr. Brian Calneva Calvino Calvi. Hi, Brian. Hello, Steve. How are you, buddy? Good. Uh, it is great to see you, man. You too, uh, Mr. Lennon. Yes. <laughs> Yoko, I, huh? I now knew Yoko. I knew you would. Great. I knew you would hold on to the Yoko, and you wouldn't hear the "You're Gretzky, I'm Yari Curry." Well, I, I knew you. I heard you desperately trying to uh, yeah, save, to save face. Save face, sure. But, nah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. How are you? I am good, buddy. How are you? Great. I'm great. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot to get to tonight. I feel like. Well, what are we waiting for? I really nothing. Everything's everything's good with you. Let's bring in the bishop. Everything's he is fine uh, with me. Let's bring in the bishop. Good man. You got a haircut there. Looks good. Yeah, thanks. Great. And uh, before we go any further, happy birthday, buddy. Yesterday was uh, your birthday. Happiest of birthdays to you, my friend. Thank you, sir. I hope it was a. I don't, I don't know what PJ PJ is deciding to play his intro music there. He's hijacking your your greetings. He's hijacking my birthday. All right, enough enough of Cal. It's time for me. I was saying happy birthday. How dare you? It's fine. That's a terrible job. Here he is. Bring him in. Bishop Interruptus Maximus. Change it up a little. Bit. This takes a radical. He's not a sports guy. He's just a casual fan, bro. Not like Ladies Sam Wheaton Cow. Formerly of Guns N' Roses. Flash. I think that was Gilby Clark. I don't think I stand corrected. <laughs> Gilby Clark. Somebody the other day made a reference to Izzy Stradlin, and I said, uh, like being on a podcast. Oh, that's because I was talking about Comedy Bang Bang guys to uh, our buddy Evan, who was looking for new Comedy Bang Bangs to listen to. He's never listened to the podcast before. And so I suggested the Tim Meadows Horatio Sands one because it's so good, and it references Izzy Stradlin. I think you said a cow, right? Like, No, I, Izzy Stradlin was actually on the show. Yeah. <laughs> on, a, on an improv comedy show. And he would not stop talking about the Juju Hounds. Just would not. Like, Izzy. Mixing guns and roses. In how many ways can one reference Izzy Stradlin? That's it. I think it's it's just the two. I don't know. (laughs) Right. I think it's just guns and roses and, and the Juju Hounds. I'm thinking of redoing my bathroom. You know who you should refer to? Izzy Stradlin. I don't know that, what else his wheelhouse is. Is that your daughter? Is is your your whole place just high on the fact that Danny was in his first play tonight? It's oh, it's jumping over here, jumping. Are you Absolutely having a cast jumping. party over there? It's a little much. It's a little things are going on. Little after party for the eighth grade Peter Pan play. Well, I'm coming to you live from Sardis. I don't know if I told you. <laughs> There's already a caricature up of Dan in the in the corner. Right. As well, it? there should be. Was it Hirschfeld? Is it he was? Was he there tonight? He Hirschfeld. He does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we we are of course alluding to your son's debut on the stage at uh, a Freehold Middle School type place uh, That's as a, a pirate. Full name. 
as a pirate in Peter Pan. Yes, the main, the main, the muscle, the muscle, <laughs> the muscle pirate. He was the uh, uh, what, what? What's the guy? Uh, what's the henchman of General Zod? What's his name? Nod or something? Isn't it? He, Nod, he was Zod? that kind of. <laughs> he was that kind of guy. He was the muscle. Was he nervous at all? No. No, completely natural. I'm just so jealous. Wow. Good for him. Not in Zod. <laughs> What's that other guy's name? <laughs> They're not Muppets. <laughs> They're evil. They're convicts from Kryptonite. Come on. <sighs> What's his name? Is it Nan? The one who doesn't speak. Yes. Oh, we're feeding back again, Peach. Darn it. Goodbye. That's, that's that, I guess. Oh, he he nipped that one in the bud. Not gonna. You know, have... you know, I, I you know I knew somebody that called it uh, nip nip it in the butt. <laughs> that's just filthy. Like a professional, like a, in in a in a meeting, in a business meeting, we need to nip that in the butt. Really? Mm-hmm. That's new. That's that's right. pat- patently incorrect. Nope. Um, well, then we should uh, we should get to the sports then. Okay. Well, we're going to be back with the bishop now. I'm having a problem with the uvu. What's your problem? It's I can't get it to mute all the way. That's crazy because I got maybe it's me. No, it's not. I don't think it is. Maybe it's me. How about now? Does that sound better? Oh, we fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, all right, Doobie last Clark. try. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Don Dawkin is back. Um, <laughs> breaking the chains around you. We will need to. Uh, wow, we will need to figure out uh, a what is the name of Zod's um, uh, mute henchman because that's Dan in this play. Yes. And B. Um, I also want you to think of another 80s band, 80s guitar hero type guy that we can reference. Because I'm all out. <laughs> You've gone through Joe them Satriani all. Satriani doesn't work? We've done, I, think, I feel like we've done Satriani, Ingve Malstein, uh, Steve Stevens, I feel, Stevie Vai. I feel like we've really... You Nugent? I, I refuse to say that man's name on our program. Oh, Nuno. How about Nuno Betancourt? Nuno Betancourt. There we go. Thank That's you. A good one. CC Deville. <laughs> CC. I don't consider CC Deville a rock god. <laughs> no, I feel like <laughs> he's a drunk god. He's the god of wine of the '80s. I think probably one of the great moments finally hearing CC Deville speak. I think that's one of the great moments because the voice did not match the right. bouffant, <laughs> blonde there hair. No Cal- There's no California there. No. The lipstick and the the whole look that he had going did not match the ah, the Brooklyn dialect. Like you guys are crazy. <laughs> what are you guys doing? We're poison. <laughs> like what? What? What is Cece? Who is he throwing his voice? <laughs> why? Why is my aunt Camilla speaking right now? Just who he is. At that time, we were trying all sorts of stuff. What? What? <laughs> the Dom Herrera. I slept <laughs> on a bed of cocaine. 
Have you seen the two of them in the same place ever? Never seen Dom Herrera, and Dom Herrera's throwing his voice at CC Deville. I'm just saying. What do you think? Herrera in a wig. Who do you think CC Deville's real name is? Uh, Charles Carlton. I, I think it's I think it's like Vito Pheromone or something like that. Like <laughs> he looks like a he sounds like an Italian guy from Brooklyn. Like he could have the. Uh, you know the guinea tea and a prego stain and a you know a spaghetti sauce on the on the shirt. At I don't think his time, last name's Deville. I don't think anybody's last name is Deville. Listen, that's not true. That's, I know somebody. That's patently uh, false. I would say. Are they cruel? <laughs> so Cal, you're saying you know Cruella Deville? That's what you're uh, saying. I think that's what PJ's implying. <laughs> The implication. Do they own many fur coats and long white cars? <laughs> Isn't that Mario Perillo? You know what? That applies to both Cruella <laughs> and Cece. That Mario Perillo. I thought he was the one. No, he was. He just booked the trips to Italy. Because you could go on this tour with my fur coat. You and my fur coat could go on this tour. Perillo tours, they're the best. He and Tom Carvel should have gotten together and done a joint commercial. <laughs> and we serve nothing but Carvel ice cream on Perillo Tours. Oh, he was yeah. much sweeter than that, though. He was much, come see the tastes of Italy. He was all... Right. Yeah, we well, was holding he was a glass like of wine. A, <laughs> right, it's right. like you were in a furniture showroom and he was trying to right. class the place up. <laughs> I like the Look idea. Look at this lovely coming. chest of drawers. I like the idea of coming to see the tastes of Italy. Don't come to taste like that. Italy. Come see that you can. That's how good the food is in Italy. You can see the taste. You're not going to come watch come the people taste eat. The taste of Italy. No, you can't. You can't say come taste the taste. No, that's <laughs> that'd be ridi- that'd be ridiculous. Who would do that? <laughs> can you tell Tina we're trying to do a podcast, please? Please. It's they're all there. They're all partying. I can't. Because I'm not telling your wife to try to do a podcast. She this is, is the hottest five. mic you've ever seen, too, picking me up. So. <laughs> but you're on the phone. <laughs> it, if the this this phone that I'm on, I'm telling you, is if the mic? cat rolls over, you'll hear it. Is it a microphone in the shape of a phone? Is that? Like, it is hot. <laughs> like the like the it telephones that were footballs. Right, like you're sitting there telephone. with your high tech gadgets and your big, your big snowball microphones, and I'm telling you, my mic is hotter. Can you ask the cat? Uh, can you ask the cat not to pass gas again? Because we heard that they are all, they're all here. No such thing they're as all making si- their noises. Silent but deadly for your is cat. School tomorrow by you, or do they have off because of the play? There is uh, their school. Yeah, yeah. Or is it just understood that the performers won't be in school tomorrow? <laughs> There's no bedtime here. I don't think you know how we do over here. No, I know. There's no bedtime. I, I know. We Dan came home with homemade espresso. No, you... <laughs> For the We're cat. all having coffee and cake right, right now. <laughs> For, all the, for all the 11-year-olds, you just made... <laughs> who, wants, who wants a double? Can I get a piece of a little slice of lemon in mine, please? All right, we got to get to the sports. 
we <laughs> he's actually showing that? us, folks, for the radio for the radio viewers. They're eating there's, cake. They're over there eating cake. There's eleven empty demi tasks cups in front of his children. All right, let's My get to the sports. He, I was wondering why. He was, yeah, his son, in true theater fashion, is just spent. <laughs> He's hanging out with his shirt up. Bishop, we'll talk to you in the fun mode, brother. All right, it's time for the uh, for the main course here for episode number 219. Cal... Uh, a number of things I want to talk to you about. I, I'm thinking about a, a little bit of a potpourri show, if if we may. Please. Okay. Let me let me start uh, right at the top here with the Islanders and the Rangers. Um, hockey is right now. Gosh, it's it's such an exciting time right now, Cal, because hockey's it. The basketball teams are terrible. The Knicks are beyond terrible. Um, and it's the first time in a long time that I can remember where the Islanders and the Rangers are the story right now at the same time. Uh, both good, both heading to the playoffs. The Devils are hot, but they're probably not going to make the playoffs. It's probably a little too little, too late. But um, how cool is this, Bri? I mean, how cool is this? It's great. Um, I think if you're a hockey fan, it's great. I think if you're a casual sports fan, you're still not into it yet. Right. It, so the casual, even the casual New York sports fan, cannot get into hockey until the playoffs. The casual, I'm not hearing anything about hockey. If if I talk to a casual sports fan in New York, um, he's not talking about hockey. He's talking about baseball. Yeah, probably not. You're probably right at this point. Right. He's talking spring training. You're getting you're getting spring training. You're getting NFL free agency. You're still getting. I can't believe how bad the Knicks are. Yeah, and and then you're getting hockey if you get any if you get hockey at all. Yeah, I I think I think you're absolutely right. Although I have seen Bry, I have seen an uptick of calls on uh, FAN. Now, granted, I only listen to sporadic Boomer and Carton in the morning, and then I really only listen to Mike Francesa now. Um, he's pretty much all I can stand, and even him I can't stand sometimes. But um, uh, I'm seeing an uptick in hockey calls. I am. Not Islander calls, per se, mm-hmm. but definitely Ranger calls. Right. And I think you'll see, and I know the the two guys that are on in the afternoon that we don't listen to um, will talk more hockey than pretty much anybody on there. Is that right? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah? Is that right? Perfectly placed. Um, leading up to the trade deadline. The trade deadline is next Tuesday. So I want to, you and I have gone back and forth a lot with the Islanders and where they currently stand. Coming off a very good 5-1 to one win the other night. Um, again, every even when they win, Bri, their deficiencies aren't masked so much as they're overcome. Right. You still see problems with the power play. You still see the awful penalty kill. And you've said this all along. I have to give you full credit when it comes to the power play. Because it's so true. It could be ranked. It's been ranked what, like twelve to sixteen somewhere. Yeah, I think it's fourteenth now. Yeah, it, it it is masking the fact that it is not good. And I think because Tavares is so good, they will luck into some goals on the power play. I mean, there's skill there. Definitely not a cohesive unit. Their penalty kill, even though it had a little nice stretch to get itself out of thirty second and move to twenty ninth. Um. 
is still awful. So, but we don't feel that they're going to address that at the deadline, right? I don't think I don't think they're going to do anything at the deadline. They've been pretty, you know, anything you hear out of their camp is that they're not going to do anything at the deadline. Yeah, and, and I so I agree with you. I don't think they're going to do anything at the deadline either. I think they view you said this, and I totally agree, Bri. And we got some good news on on Kyle Oposo today. He spoke for the first time since his injury. Um, you sent that to me. Um, okay, I didn't. I didn't take that as good news. Was that good news? I just thought it was. He was, he was talking. No, he was joking about his upper body injury being his right. eye. Right. Well, that's funny. Yeah, he's saying I can open my upper body uh, upper body injury eye pretty wide, but he's skating. Everything's on track. Right. I took that as good news because if that's the case, he's due back in two to three weeks. Uh, if he's on the timeline of the original um, uh, report. Right. So I I took that, but you said this full credit to you. You said this all along, and I totally agree. I don't need credit. Getting con- <laughs> you have eleven credits. Use them as you like. There's a there's a gift. <laughs> <laughs> table over here. Well, that's yeah. You can cash in those tickets. I need I need one of those uh, koosh balls <laughs> or a troll eraser. Do you remember that Chuck E. Cheese opened in Comac before like anywhere? Yeah, of course. Don't you feel like we went to the one of the early Chuck E. Cheeses? We might have. We might have. It's I, still there. I would. Is it really? Yeah, it's nothing like it once was, but it's still there. I would love to look that up. The, for like, when the first Chuck E. Cheese was opened? Yeah. In in the world? In this whole great big planet. Oh. Well, I guess at least in, in at least in New York. At least in New York. I gotta feel like we were early on. We probably were. You remember going through the little door? They had the big door, <laughs> little door. They well, still have that little door, except it's a Chinese restaurant now. <laughs> it's wildly inappropriate to have that little door. It's crazy. Yes. They never they never did anything with it. It's Are still there. Serious? Yes. Well, actually actually the restaurant I think might be closed. But the build the the the, the structure that stands please. still has the little door. Please tell please describe what you're talking about the, with the first Chuck E. Cheese. So you would go in the back of the, <laughs> of the restaurant or whatever the facility. It's not really a restaurant. What would you call it? Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. Fun. Okay. So you go in the back of the fun. The fun there zone. Would a, uh, there would be a glass door that you could walk through, like a like a, a a regular human being would walk through a glass door, an adult. This is in suburban Comac, we should right. say. Right off Jericho Turnpike. And we're talking, what, 1985? Five, six-ish yeah. in there. You'd walk through the glass doors, and then you would be in, in this world of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> if you were... A youngster, right? Um, and you were a small little person that wanted to. You didn't have to walk through the big door like the adults. They had a kid-sized door that was maybe four, three and a half feet tall. I would say three and a half feet, maybe. And you could walk through that door if you little were a kid. Little people. Right, the little little Not children. little people. No, I mean children, little children. 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 I'm not talking about. It wasn't, no, it, but anybody of that size could right. certainly walk through it. Um, 
as we got older, we would then continue to walk through that little door, right. even though we didn't fit. Right. And, and that, that, was, that was the fun. And now you're about to tell me that that became a Chinese restaurant. That, that did. That became it. it and was they kept a, the door. It was a Chuck E. Cheese. It turned into a Nathan's after that. With the door. With the door. The door stayed. The door has stayed the entire time. The Nathan's was like the Chuck E. Cheese. It had all the video games, but it was a Nathan's restaurant. Odd. That's what it became. Ball pit? Yeah, it was a ball pit. The ball pit stayed at the Nathan's. You don't ever go in the ball pit. No one goes in the ball pit. Well, that's the reason why you don't go in the ball pit is because of the people that go in the ball pit. Right. Like Fight Club. <laughs> First rule about ball pit: don't go in the ball pit. Don't go in the ball pit. Second rule of ball pit is don't go in the ball pit. This is what I say to Wesley when we go to one of these parties. That's that's smart. I go all Fight Club on him, and then I purell him from head to toe. You see Edward Norton in the ball pit. You made a wrong turn. <laughs> like Wes, why are you taking your shirt off? So then it turned into a Chinese restaurant. Yes. And they kept the little door. They kept the little door was there. I don't. You might not have worked. It might have been locked or not. They just never. They never. Because the building is remarkably inappropriate. What's What's odd about it is that the building from the front is sort of the back. Yes. Right. And then you would drive into the back of the building the where parking the parking lot, lot behind was. It, right. And then you would walk in there. So they didn't really do anything to change the aesthetics of the back of the building because nobody saw it. Right. The front kept changing. <laughs> the, the the front facade. Right. The facade. Um, and, you know, it's, I just noticed the other day there's all kinds of graffiti over it. So it's it's actually kind of sad what's happened to this, this Chinese restaurant <laughs> with the small door. With the small door. Which graffiti is, on the front. Which is wildly inappropriate. Really didn't they should have thought of that one? But she really somebody should have said, "Hey, look." It might have been something in between too. Um, the door remained. The door remained. The door remains the same. Um, let's. Uh, that's our second album. Let's get back to the aisles. So, <laughs> I love that story. Um, so we don't think you. You said this all along that. Um, getting Kyle Oposo back would be like making a trade. So we saw three trades. Uh, four trades today in the NHL, Cal, um, and and the one the the two big ones of note: Yarmir Yager going uh, from the Devils to the Panthers for a 2015 second and a 2016 third. Man, I I I I, I don't know why you're so surprised by that. Because it's for 20 games. He's a 43 year old free agent, and it's for 20 games. Yeah, but that was that's what. That's the going rate, and know? they're they're in the nine right now. But they're but they're two points out of the playoffs. Yeah, but I I could see the Canadians making this deal. Well, when the team when you've made the playoffs once in fifteen years yeah. and you're two points out of a playoff spot, you got to give them credit for going for it. <laughs> but is Yarmir Yager going to cinch a playoff spot for you? Look at that team. They're, you're gonna put you're putting Yarmir Yager on a young team. They're that's very young. That's a, that's a, a, you're you're getting him more not for his scoring prowess but for his experience in a in a in a pennant race. That's the best way to put it. Right. I so. thought I I still maintain that he would have been not certainly not at that price. I still maintain he would have been a very good fit for the Islanders. 
because of how woeful the power play is and because of the fact that he is still one of the hardest guys to get off the puck in the NHL and that he could have been a specialty teams player for them. Um, you know, played on a third line with, um, you know, Nielsen and Kuhlman or something like that, or, uh, you know, played on a, on a, on a line with defensive responsibility and a lot of speed. And then on the, on the power play with Tavares, with um, uh, Brock Nelson or, or Franz Nielsen, I think he would have improved their power play quite a bit. But a luxury item at that price uh, for the Islanders. And, and certainly, as you've said, Cal, and, and I agree, I think Garth's going to stand put. I think his trade deadline deals, and I think you feel this way too, were Boychuk and Letty, right? That's, what the, that's kind of what they've been saying around the team. Yeah. Now, Letty gets the deal. We're ecstatic. Right, so Nick Letty signs a fantastic seven-year deal. It's team-friendly. It's cap-friendly. It's a good deal um, for everybody, and they lock up a 23-year-old uh, top-pair defenseman for the next seven years. Your gut feeling on Johnny Boychuk? Uh, my gut feeling is, I, I, I gosh, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to depend on him. I, I think, think he, I think he tests free agency. I think he well, I think, I think he's, he does. Yeah, I think he's too close to to not. Yeah, he owes it to himself to see what what his value is out there. But ultimately, if he wants to be here, he'll be here. Yeah, he'll, he'll work something out with with the with the team. If he wants the money, he's going to take the money, and you can't. And I'm not going to begrudge him. You know, isn't the interesting factor there though, Bri, that they the Isles can offer him the money? They can. I mean, they they could. I don't believe they will offer him the the highest. The, they will make him the highest offer. N- nor do I. I don't think they will. They could if they wanted to, but I don't think they will. Right. And the reason why is because they've got guys coming. They've got guys coming, and they just locked up Nick Letty for seven years. And they have Hamannick locked up for another four. Sorry. Actually. No, no. I, I just, I just, wrong. I just checked it today because okay. that was a seven-year deal too mm-hmm. that he signed. Two years ago, so I think they still have five years on that. I could be wrong, but I I I, I thought that went through 2020. Um, but I could be, but it's either four or five years. They've got Travis Hamonic for quite some time as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've got Nick. So next year, if you don't get Boychuk back, um, Hamonic and Letty are your number one pair, and then you can sprinkle in, um, you know, Griffin Reinhardt and Pollock. The key guy, you know, we talked about Brian, the key guy to sign back, or one of the key guys, Nelson, Lee, and Thomas Hickey are going to be free or restricted free agents. Mm-hmm. And you're going to want to see Garth extend them as he did with Kyle Oposo, as he did with John Tavares, as he did with Josh Bailey, and buy their free agency years. But Hickey's the key there, right? To me. Why? Because you have those two you know, huge prospects coming up in Pollock and Reinhardt. You have Donovan and you have DeHaan, right? And and I, I'm higher on Calvin DeHaan, I think, than a lot of people are. I still think he has a tremendous amount of, of upside. I, I don't think he's at his ceiling. I think he can be a top four defenseman. Um, he's definitely got a spot there. Hickey is this weird sort of free agent who was a former first round pick and who didn't pan out with the Kings and has come to the Islanders. And he's sort of a specialty defenseman because of his size. 
But he's shown so much. He's shown so much with his positioning. He's learned how to utilize his size and his speed to be an effective defenseman. And I don't know, and he's young. So I don't know what you offer a hickey to me. And then is he a bridge player or is he part of the core? He's part of the core, no? You think? I don't know. I don't why, know. Why, I don't, I, I don't, why wouldn't he? I, he's young. I think he is and you think he is, but do you think they view him that way? Or yeah. do you think they see, um, you know, Letty, Hamannick, DeHaan, Pollock, Reinhardt, and then, you know, the sixth guy is, is Hickey or is it straight or is it, you know what I mean? Like, is, is he the sixth guy there? I, I think if they had their druthers, they would bring back the entire group except for Wisnowski. Right. And then you fill in Wisnowski's spot with either Reinhardt or Pulak, whoever, right. whoever makes it. And then you still have all of that depth. You then have the other guy. And then you still have Straight, and you still have Donovan. Right. You still have, um, who's the other guy down there? Um, Churchman. Ch- yeah, you have Churchman, or Churchman, you have Don- Donovan, who's been sitting. At, yeah, I said at, Donovan. Right, um, Mayfield. You Mayfield, have, that was the other guy. You, you have a ton. They, of- plenty of, they, they have plenty of depth, which is why I don't, which is, they, I'm sure they're going to want Boychuk, and they're going to go hard after Boychuk. I don't think they're going hard after any other free agent for the team. I don't I, think they're going to go. I don't think they need to. I don't think they're going to go try to get a top-line wing to play no. with Tavares. I don't think they're going to do anything like that. They don't need to. I, they, think, I think their priority is going to be Boychuk. I think their free agent priority is Boychuk. And if they sign him in season, Cal, in the next few weeks, they're not signing anybody. Except, right. except their own guys. Right. And if they, don't sign anybody, if they don't sign him in the first few weeks, they're going to go after him in free. That's the guy they're going to go after. Right. I guess my, I guess my question with Hickey was not so much whether you want him back. It was because I I do I think they do. My question was more the contract. Is he a guy you're trying to lock up for five years, or is he a guy you're trying to give like a two year deal to? That's more what I was thinking. Um, like that would show me more what they think of him. You know what I mean? If you're giving him like a, a you know a solid four year extension at you know ten million dollars or eleven million dollars. Yeah, I think that's what they're going to give him. And then that'll take I don't I don't think they're going to buy out any of his free agency. I think they're going to give him a deal that takes him up to being a free agent. Gosh, I like Thomas Hickey. I really do. I really I've liked him since they made that move, since they picked him up. You know, I read a lot about him and just didn't seem to get a uh and obviously you can see why he wouldn't fit with the Kings. Mm. Because he just his game just does not it just doesn't fit. You know, the Kings are huge. <laughs> they're big and they're fast and they can skate. Okay, so all that said, uh, oh, somebody brought up something interesting, Cal, I wanted to ask you. Hockey-related. Oh, and by the way, David Clarkson goes from uh, the Leafs to Columbus. Right. So how'd that deal work out for the Leafs there? Good job. Well, they wound up getting Nathan Horton. And yeah. his salary relief. That's what, that's what I'm, I'm saying. That was a terrible contract that they signed David Clarkson to, and, and they got out from under it, and they got Nathan Horton. But still, if we think that the coverage around our teams is bad, we should go be a Leafs fan in Toronto. Because that is that's rough. That's really bad. <laughs> it really is. Um, but what, so somebody brought up to me uh, a um, a Rangers fan and I uh, 
friend of mine were having a conversation, Cal, about Patrick Kane going on the IR. Right. Right? And he had a very interesting question. Maybe you'll know the answer to it. So there's a hard cap in the NHL. Okay? If they put Patrick Kane on the IR, his salary no longer counts towards the cap. That's right. However, so that frees up, I think it freed up for them like 4.5 or $5 million. Yeah, I thought it was even more. Right. And they were up against the cap to begin with. Right. So in theory, the Blackhawks could go, say, trade for uh, Vermette and add his $3.5 million. Right. Where they couldn't. And if Kane can play in the playoffs, he can come back and be on the roster. Yes. And they can be over the cap. That's right. This seems like a loophole. <laughs> it's a little bit of a loophole, but he won't be back until the Stanley Cup if he comes back. Right. But what's but if that's the case, what's to stop say the Rangers, right? Um and Rangers aren't a good example. Give me somebody You you're talking about somebody finding an injury and sticking someone on IR just to clear the cap space so that they could make a deal at the deadline. That's right. No. I you can't you can't fabricate anything. Why not? Well, then why why couldn't you fabricate an injury? Or better, why couldn't you like a guy like uh Grabowski? Right. Right. So what? Whatever he counts towards, I think he counts like three and change towards the four million. Yeah. He's on the IR right now, though. But you could put him on season-ending IR. Right. And then he could come back. And he could come back for the playoffs. Well, I think I think if he's got an injury. Well, if you're putting him on season-ending IR, I think you have to be out for a, a certain amount of time. Like I don't think, like you don't have to miss like three games, and then come back. If season-ending IR means you're out for twelve weeks. Is I don't know there, what the, is there a weak qualification? I don't know what the actual number is. Yeah, but there's there's definitely a difference between season ending IR and regular. Okay, everyday IR. I'm wondering if that's a loophole. Because if that was the case, why wouldn't you do that with Grabowski and make a trade and free up that cap room and just put him back on the roster? I would I would imagine that if that was the case, <sighs> this wouldn't be the first time we've seen it. Right. <laughs> I'm certain. I think there are NHL general managers smarter than we are. That's right. That would have figured that out. So I, I don't. I don't believe. I'm that sure that my friend Aaron and I weren't the first two people to come up with this. Maybe you never know. No, I'm pretty sure. Okay, I feel pretty strongly. So we have about 20 games left in the NHL season. Just give me your real quick state of the Islanders. They have two games left before the deadline. Uh, back-to-backs this weekend. We both think they're standing put at the uh, staying put at the trade deadline. Where are you emotionally <laughs> with this team? I'm excited. I'm excited. I was telling somebody today that it's starting to it's starting to get close to. We're entering the fourth quarter of the season here, and it's starting to get close to when it's going to get really interesting. We haven't had that. We had that briefly two years ago. But even two years ago, it was very quick. It was very sudden that the last four weeks of the regular season, they just they didn't stop losing. They didn't stop winning. 
and found themselves in the playoffs. And it was just like, whoa, okay. And then now what? And then we were in the playoffs. And this year, it's just been this gradual crescendo right. since November. And it's just been like getting closer and closer. And every and it's almost a foregone conclusion. And anything can happen, obviously. But they're going to make the playoffs. Right. And now it's just like the season is preparing for getting to that. And it's exciting and terrifying at the same time for me. Do you feel that as a team, especially with this, we talked about this February, right? We wanted, you wanted 16 points out of this February, or you wanted 18. Right, and you wanted 20. I wanted 20, or I wanted 20, and they're at 17 with two games left. Mm-hmm. Right? So chances are good they're going to come, they're, they're close to you, and they may come close to me. They probably land at 19, thus keeping us both happy. Mm-hmm. Um. And the reason, and the reason why we kind of benchmarked it that way, or at least the reason why I did, was because this was the toughest month of the year as far as the schedule. Not necessarily who they were playing, although they played some tough opponents, but the fact that they were playing every other night and they had three back-to-backs in the same month, and they yep. played, I think they played a total of like 15 games in 25 days, and it was. And they played five and nine, and you know they just they had or five and seven or something like six that. Six and nine, yeah. Six and nine, um, yeah. And that, no, and, and, and it was, it was, like it was rigorous, much. right? Yeah. And and I feel good about I I'm impressed with where they are. Like a Nashville victory like that is impressive. You know they've had some impressive victories to me. They've lost three forwards in this time, um, and they've played significant uh, significant parts of the month without two of them, and. It's been impressive. To, I think they're a team that now believes. And I, think, I, I believe. I think they've. I think they've believed all. I think they've believed a lot longer than anyone else has believed. I, I don't. I don't mean it that way. You're, you're absolutely right. I think they believed all season that they're good. I'm talking about on like a during a game. Like like they haven't panicked all season. Now and and uh, in games they get down two to one, three to nothing. They get down in a game or they blow a two goal lead. We saw early on this was a bit of a different team. I think right now they believe that they're a different team. Like they're convinced. You know what I mean? There's a difference between being believing and being convinced. Mm-hmm. And I think they're convinced that, you know, like Boy Chuck said, like you keep asking me if we're a good team. It's a stupid question. You know, the answer is simple. Yes, we are. And I think that, you know, he said that after the Nashville game. And I think that's, that's true in that room. I don't know if it was true everywhere in that room early. Um, but more importantly, from a just an on-ice standpoint, you know, Chad Johnson has played pretty well over his last five or six starts. A huge difference from earlier in the year. This is critical. Absolutely critical. Just to get Halak some rest and have him be a viable option as a backup um, I think that's the biggest story of the month, Cal. I do. Well, and I, th- I, I think it's because he's played more. I think he went stretches where he didn't play 10, 11 games. In, he didn't sniff the ice. Right. And now they Which would be him. weird. Like, it was, what is he sniffing the ice for? It's really odd. <laughs> I know guys have pregame rituals and stuff, but... That's different. Okay. That's different. Yeah. They, um, uh, they've alternated the last six games. Yeah. And they've been, you know, regardless of opponent, regardless of opponent, which was weird. And, and like 
Starting him against Arizona on Tuesday was odd because they have back-to-backs coming up. So you'd think they're going to continue to alternate again. Right. And, he's, and he has played well. He's got more action. I think he's getting more comfortable. He's played well. And that's good because Halak needs the rest. Yep, exactly. So the Rangers are hot on their tail. The Capitals are... The Rangers, are, the Rangers have tied them. They're they, not hot they, on their tail. Did they tie tonight? They're tied them. And well, they, they, had, have, they, they had the two games in hand, right? They have two games in hand now. Right. And uh, they're tied for the, for the lead. They both have 82 points. Now, the Rangers have 16 games in March. The Islanders have 13. Right, so that's where the game... So, And again, I was looking at the schedule today. The Islanders' February is the Rangers' March. Right. The Rangers have like... They have back-to-back like Saturday-Sunday games like every weekend in March. They have 16, uh, 16 games. Yes. Yeah. They have three more games than the Islanders. So they'll, call, they'll probably go into April even. Um, in games played. In games played, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is huge. Games in hand is, is a big deal. You think that the Rangers are going to pass them? Uh, I do too. I think um, the Rangers are a better team. Yeah. Well, they are. I think they're, I, I, I would argue that... Even without Lundqvist, though? Yes. I think the Rangers are the... And what doesn't matter, Lundqvist is going to be back. So when you, when you look at the playoffs... I'm saying right now, Lundqvist might not be back for another two or three weeks. That's 12 games. Right. Are they a better team without they're, Lundqvist? They're 8-2-1 without him. So. Yeah, they were scoring five goals a game, though. You're not going to keep that up forever. Okay, but they're eight, they've won eight games out of 11. Okay. Yeah, you, could, you could dismiss that all you want. I don't, you I'm make not, excuses I'm, for it with five goals. but I'm not dismissing it. I'm, I, I was simply asking, are they a better team without Henrik Lundqvist? No, of, course, of course they're not a better team. No, no, no. That's, no. that's then a silly the, question. Then, then the Islanders, not better overall. Are they, well, okay, how about are they better without Lundqvist and, the, and then the Islanders don't have a poso? Look at I, the two teams right now. I would argue that Lundqvist is more important than Oposo. Okay. So you think the Islanders are a better team right now no. than the Rangers? No, I'm just wondering if the, you said the Rangers are a better team than the Islanders. Well, and I think I'm they are. I'm wondering if does that hold without Lundqvist? Which means you're asking me then right now, are the Rangers a better team than the Islanders? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, or, for think, the, or for the next 10, 12 games, because Henrik Lundqvist is not due back for... Well, look, they're, they, look, they beat them. Right. The, the Rangers beat the Islanders head to head. They play again in two weeks. They beat them again. Yeah. It's hard to argue. I'm just wondering from the aspect of taking over first place. So they're going to take over. I I I don't think there's any doubt they're going to finish the season in first place. So Lundqvist or not. Right. And I think that's only going to help them. Okay. So like we're like the Islanders are going to get Oposo back. That's like a big free agent acquisition. Right. The Rangers are going to get Lundqvist back. Right. That's their big free agent acquisition, and they may go out and, and well, they'll uh, probably make a trade too. Make a trade too. Although they're pretty uh, cap strapped, no? They're going to have to be creative, yeah, to bring anybody on with salary. But yep. they um they're arguably the best team in the conference. I I think when they are firing on all cylinders, and uh, I th- I would agree. They're the hottest team in the conference right now, uh, for sure. Capitals are pretty close. Capitals have lost two in a row. Rangers yeah. have won four. Capitals are now six points back. Before the those two losses in a row, the Capitals had the best record in in the conference since right. December. They've definitely cooled down, and Pittsburgh has gotten yeah. hot again too. For, so. for for two months, the Capitals were the hottest team in the conference, without a doubt. Well, I think they were like twenty two or twenty two six and two or something like that. And the Rangers were were close to that number. Rangers so. were right there. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were. I'm not. I'm, look, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just wondering uh, yeah, what you begrudgingly have to admit that they're good. No, you don't, I, you don't like admitting they're good. I 
I can freely admit that they're good. When what I don't like uh when I when I get to begrudge land, it's when people tell me like Henrik Lundqvist is the greatest goalie of all time or you know outlandish things like that, which you can't be if you haven't won a Stanley Cup. Period. You know, or you're bragging on a history that sees you winning one cup in the last, you know, I don't know what, 100 years or 75 years or something ridiculous. It's I think it's, it's 3000 years. Yeah. It might as well be. It might as well be. That's the kind of thing where I say you're being ridiculous. Are they a good to great hockey team? Yes, they are. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. And they're arguably a better team this year. I think they I, are better. I think they are as well. I think they're better. I it, Look, it's it's exciting. They're both good. That's what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants Rangers and Islanders to be good. I don't think the gap between the Islanders and Rangers is as great as you think it is. What do you ha- what do you think that I think it is? <laughs> what kind of gap? How, you- how big of a gap do you think it is? Yeah. I think all healthy, like Isles get Ox back, Rangers get Lundqvist back. I think you think the gap is pretty big. Um, you're wrong. Okay. That's that's fair. If that you could assume that, I I it, I don't even think it was an assumption. I I just it's just what I thought. I think they're I think they're close. I think I think both team, they're both very good teams. I think the Rangers are better. Okay, that's it. It's not that the Rangers are, are miles ahead of the Islanders. I never said that. Don't think that. Right. I think they're both very good teams. I just I don't want to see them figure it out in the playoffs though. No, nobody does. No. Everybody does. We don't. No, no. Nobody that no, nobody that knows what the heck they're talking about wants any part of that. I'll every, bet you every, uh, every Islander fan that I know wants no part of that. And I and and I'll tell you what, Bri, every Ranger fan I work with, and there are seven, seven off the top of my head, want no part of it. They want no part of it for the same reasons we don't. The there's there's too much at stake. You win, you're supposed to win. You lose, it's awful. I'll bet you local news personalities want it to happen, though. Oh, sure, but they don't count. I'm, I'm, I am genuinely surprised. I, I thought the, I thought you thought the gap was a little bigger than that. Well, because you probably think I'm, I'm defending the Rangers too much. No, and I'm, no, no, no. I'm strictly talking about on ice. I'm, I'm really, Brian. I'm talking about on ice. I'm talking about. The, the 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 Rangers power play, the Rangers penalty kill, the Rangers yeah. experience in the playoffs, the Rangers with one of the top five goalies in hockey. Like, I'm they're talking the about be, they're the better other. team. Yeah. They're the better team. It's it's arguable. You want to make a case for the Islanders being better than the Rangers? You can make that case. I don't. But I you, I freely admit that the Rangers are a better team. I just figurative. I, I think the gap is closer. Or I think the gap is close. So do you? Yeah. It's. I don't know. I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here staring at the standings right now. They put the Rangers on top of the Islanders now, so. Well, they have less games played. It makes them look a lot better. Yeah, because they're in first. No, I, I, I was strictly thinking of on the ice, buddy. I wasn't thinking of, you know, uh, defending or anything like that. Well, off the I, ice, I, I think the Islanders are better than the Rangers. That's right. More handsome. I think that's not even a question. I think that I, I, I honestly, I think what I was specifically thinking of, Cal, was their specialty teams. And that really being the big gap for the Islanders overall. 
Well, the Islanders' between, special teams is going to prevent them from going too far. Right, and and that's what I'm saying. I I think the the deficiency there to me creates what I thought was a bigger gap between the Rangers, Montreal, uh, Tampa Bay, the better teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Islanders are in that group. I, I think I think they are too. I I just think their deficiencies on specials. And I'll go. Are you know? And I will go. I will go. Especially the PK. I I I will argue the power play is is just as bad as the penalty kill right now. Oh no no no! They're, they're both awful. I'm yeah. Thinking about what what is to me more costly in a playoff series. I see, but I think I think the power play is extremely costly because if you get if you get a golden opportunity to go up a man, right, and you don't capitalize on that opportunity, there's such a huge momentum shift, right? You know, but if and, 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 if, if every and, penalty you take is an automatic goal, you yeah. have you have to change the way you play the game because you have yeah. to stay out of the box. But that's your point too. If if you kill if you are successful on the penalty kill, it shifts the momentum back your way. Sure, same thing. And if you score on the power play, it's it's a huge momentum builder. But it's not as big as a PK. I agree. I look at the um, I look at the standings, and the last spot is up for grabs. Boston's got sixty seven points. Florida yep. sixty five. Philly sixty three. So there's four points separating them. One of those teams is going to make it. Yep. Once you pass Boston and you go to Washington, there's a huge jump. Right. Washington's like the seventh seed, the traditional seventh seed. I. One through seven, there is a very, very small margin. Anybody can beat anybody. In the yep. difference between those teams. Yep. Very small. Yep. Anybody can beat anybody. You know, and I and and I'm a one seed. I don't want to see Boston in the in the first round. No, certainly not. Me? <laughs> no, certainly not. So it's so that's that that's going to make it very interesting because you're going to get, you know, we talk about this. The Islanders could win 50 games. Yeah. And and not have home ice advantage. I know. This would be the year. Like they have 112 points and not have home ice advantage. It's just it's incredible how tight it is. Yeah. Um, I guess it's fun. It is fun. It definitely is fun. Uh, it, hey, look, I'd rather this than having a scrap and win every game to have a sniff at the playoffs and. Oh yeah, sure. I'd much rather have this. Oh, I agree. You, you watch know. the game. It's it's funny how you watch the game so differently now. Yep. Like. In in the situation where you're scrapping for every point to get in, right? You're just on the edge of your seat, hoping they win the game, and and praying, now, right, 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 praying that they win the game. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Now, winning the game isn't really what you're after, because they could win the game, but their flaws are exposed, and then you're only worried about that. Yeah. Like, well, they got you know they got to fix the power play. I know I, I get that they won five one, but. Power play still was bad, and that's going to come back to like it's weird how you watch them. Right. I don't know. I'm I'm not used to being <laughs> no not used to being able to be nitpicky. No. Like about the way you win. <laughs> like yeah, we won five to one, but could you know? Do we have to wait to the third period to score four goals and keep a team like Arizona around and too many turnovers in the neutral zone again? And you know why are we passing seventeen times on the power play? You know before we shoot the puck and. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Matt Martin and Kale Molerat just scored in a game. In the same game. 
within a minute of within each other. Within like a minute of minutes. each other. And Johnny Boychuk just got like his seventh goal or something and set a career high in points. Like, so everybody just chill out. They're having a, they're having a good season. Um, I think they're having a great season. Ex- it's gonna, you know, but expectations are high now, man. Now they are. Yeah. All right, let's move to baseball. Speaking of expectations, <laughs> segway. What have we here? Was that Joe Bluth who just drove by our podcast? What have we here? Camp uh, expectations. <laughs> expectations 2015. It's for couples only. Yeah. So spring training's in full swing. Full swing. <laughs> wow. Two Knocked things. That one out of just, the just thank you. Just home <laughs> oh, run. Just two things uh, for me. Uh, one is uh, David Wright. We were talking about it today. Uh, yeah. Talking about, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, just his comments over the last few days since he's been in Port St. Lucie about um, talk is cheap. Got to do it on the field. You know, last time I checked, they didn't give out any prizes for talking. Um, you and I disagreed slightly on the special sauce that might be on there, uh, but we both agree with this. Good job by the captain trying to – let's keep a level head. Please, please, let's all gather ourselves a little I bit. I don't think so. I think we need to get a, get carried away. Right. In, so, so in anyway, five years – I refuse to get carried away. Let's get carried away. But what is – What is the import of David Wright right now, Cal? Is there – I was thinking about this today after we had our conversation. Is there a more important player outside of Matt Harvey? Let's take all the crap out of this and let's just talk about baseball okay? and this team. Is there a more important player outside of Matt Harvey to me or, or, or to this team than David Wright? Like David Wright having a good season, probably the second most important player on the team. I see. To me, it's one and one A. I can't even separate. Fine, them. even better, even right? better. I can't because all you hear about is Matt Harvey, but that offense is still that offense. That's right. And you need David Wright to even resemble David right. Wright to to have a shot. So, and like I told you. I'm not sold on it. He's 32 years old, coming off of injuries. Right. Uh, why, where is it? Where is it written in stone that he's going to come back and be David Wright All Star? Is he 32? Is he 30? 30, 32. He just turned 32 in December, right? Yep. So that's you know, I think people are getting a little carried. You know, there's this <clears throat> automatic assumption that David Wright is going to bounce back and be an All Star. There's an automatic assumption that Curtis Granderson is going to have a great year because Kevin Long is here. Like that's all he needed. Oh, look, there's Kevin Long. I remember how to hit. It doesn't work that way with this team. And they're putting a lot of faith in things, in, in maybes and possiblies. That's why David Wright is, is, is huge to this team. The health of Matt Harvey. The health, it's not even Matt Harvey. I think it's the health of all of the pitchers. Right. Because Zach Wheeler's yeah. due to get hurt. You know? <laughs> due to get hurt. He's next up on the list. <laughs> right? But that's okay because they've got plenty of pitchers behind him. Well, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up. 
But let me let me finish to your right point. I think you're spot on. I really do. I think all the focus is on Harvey staying healthy and Harvey maybe that's coming good back though. and maybe it is. Um but I I'm with you. I'm not convinced David. I I want to see it desperately, Cal. I really do. All the BS aside with the Mets and stuff, at the end of the day, I love that guy. He's the face of the Mets. He's given everything he could possibly give to this franchise. Um, you know, he, he, he goes out there every day, represents the team well. He has been a great professional for this team. All the nonsense that he's had to put up with with this team. All of it. And he smiles, and he says the right thing, and he does the right thing. And, he, and you know what? It's not lost on me, and I know it's dopey or whatever, but he plays hard. He plays hurt. He shows up every day. I really hope he can have a bounce back here. I really do. Because he, you know what? Because he's earned it. He's sort of he's sort of earned getting a break with this team. Yeah. You know, he's sort of earned Harvey and Wheeler and Degrom and eventually Syndergaard and Max and and these. He is stuck around. He is earned. Those guys being good and being good at the same time as them. He's earned it. He deserves it. So I, I really I really hope he can have a good bounce back here, but it's not a given. It's not even close to a given. And I no. think it's I think it's one and one A. I think you're absolutely right. So now the other thing that came up which made me almost drive off the road. It had no, so I was listening to Eddie Coleman on uh, with Mike Francesa from spring training doing his spring training report, and I told you this. <clears throat> Excuse me. It hadn't really occurred to me how much pitching the Mets have until it's all in one place. And Eddie Coleman's talking about walking from Harvey to Degrom to Wheeler to Nice to G to Cologne to Syndergaard to Montero to Mats, to Mejia, to Familia, to Vic Black, to... Parnell. To Parnell. (laughs) And it hit me. Really hard. Like, I've known it all along, but it smacked me in the face. Holy boot! How could you not make a trade of some sort to improve this lineup? How is it possible? Rafael Rafael Montero is an afterthought. He can't even get into the conversation to be a starter. Posted a picture today of I don't know if you saw it of the pitchers waiting to do pitchers fielding practice, and they're all lined up on the baseline, and it's a shot from behind. I have to try to find the picture because it's the it's the visual of what you had in your mind when you heard all of those names. And they were literally, all of the names, the backs of their jerseys with their names and numbers were were lined up, and they were all there. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. But you know what? You got no shortstop. So we're good. We're good. Look, look, they weren't going to make – there was no trade to make. Steve, there was no trade to make because they believe, they honestly believe they are set at every position. Shortstop's the only position that they're not set at, right. and they weren't going to get value for the pitcher that everybody wanted. 
So they believe they weren't going to go get another first baseman. They weren't going to get another outfielder. They weren't going to get a second baseman. They weren't going to get a third baseman. They weren't going to get a catcher. It was never, ever, ever, ever going to happen because the philosophy of this team is they were set at every position on the field except shortstop. You know what's coming out that's starting to come out now that's pretty funny to me, like listening to even Francesa talk about the Mets and he has high expectations for them and the expectations are greater than those of the Yankees and you know the time is now and the pitching is great. One is that he doesn't think Terry Collins – or he thinks Terry Collins will be fired if he has a bad May. You know, April, May. There's there's no chance. But the other thing is something that – and this is not a pat on the back moment. This is just a – it's interesting that people are starting to talk about it. Is the question marks up and down that lineup. <laughs> like in his conversation with Eddie C., Eddie Coleman, he was talking about – yeah, but you, you – and it's almost like he came to it like it was revelatory. Like you, you, you got three pretty big question marks in that lineup, and he wasn't even talking about Flores. He was talking about Darno, Duda, and Lagares. Right. And then he was like, and 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 then you got three guys. You know, you hope that you get something. You know, with Wright, Granderson, and Kadire. And it's like, well, P.S. We, we we've been saying this for for some time. Well, what have you said all along? Say Seven. it. Seven-eighths of the lineup is a question mark. Yeah. Either via production or health. Mm-hmm. Who's who's not the question mark? Daniel Murphy. And who's the guy that they're just, you know, all right, we're going to just let him go at the end of the year? Daniel Murphy. That makes sense. They can afford him. They're not going to give him a contract They can't extension. afford him. They can't afford him. But the commissioner of baseball came out tonight. And said he's comfortable again. With the Mets finance again. <laughs> this is like he's tripping over himself to get to a microphone to tell people this. I have no doubt that they have the resources if they need to improve their team. Nobody asks you. Why do you keep offering it? <laughs> right, <is> that right? <laughs> it's like uh, uh, Commissioner Manfred. We actually asked you about uh, pine tar. Nothing to do with the Mets. I'm going to say it again. The Met ownership has the resources. Um, We actually, somebody asked you about your wife um, and her charitable work. um, Orphans. Orphans. Nothing to do with the Mets. Listen, if you're going to continue to ask me about the Wilpons, I'm going to... um, (laughs) So that that's the the Mets stuff. I mean, they can't afford Daniel Murphy, Cal. They're not, and they're certainly not going to commit that money to him with Dilson Herrera waiting in the wings on the cheap. Why would they? No. Hey, let me ask you a question. Something that we haven't talked about, just real quick. Uh, Re baseball. Ray baseball. Re Dickey. Re Dickey, with baseball. Uh, how do you feel about the pitch clock? I'm all right with it. I, well, I'm I, I'm somebody. I'm you know, I'm not looking for the speed of baseball to increase. Okay, I'm, I'm fine with it right now, but I don't have a problem with it. And the one foot in the box. It's fine. I think I think you know David Ortiz came out and had a lot to say about that. Yeah, he went he went nuts. Yeah, he should, um, he should really pipe down, David. Yeah. Really, really. Every day, can we get, can we get to the point where we're with David Ortiz where every day's a gift. Like every 
<clears throat> every day you're not suspended for PED use and you're and you're a legend in Boston is a gift. Can we can we go on that premise, David, maybe? No. Look, I I I don't think I don't think it's wrong. It's fine. I don't think it's something that that I don't think it needs to improve. Yeah. Um, as it, well, for me, the casual okay. fan, yeah, I guess the casual fan is losing interest, and the games are long, and the pace of the game is too slow for them. I get that. For me, I don't care. It's baseball. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down for to watch a ball game, and whatever it is, it is because I'm sitting down to watch a ball game. I'm not sitting down because I, you know. I got about two hours and 25 minutes. Let me sit down and watch a game. Hopefully get through it. I'm investing the time because that's the way the game is. And I'm okay with that. But that's me. I think I'm in the minority. And I know that. Well, you're, you're not in the minority because you you're not against it. You just, you're, you're ambivalent, really. Yeah. I guess. I guess that's the word. Because it's not going to bother you one way or the other. Well, what do you think? Are you looking for the for the pace of the game to be picked up? Yes. Okay. Two reasons. I've thought about this quite a bit. <laughs> well, I'm glad I've asked. One is, um, I think those change. If you if you're telling me that you could cut twenty minutes, fifteen to twenty minutes off the average baseball, fifteen minutes off the average baseball game, it should be done. Because the average baseball game is too long. Um, and, and, and unnecessarily so. And by that, I mean, the, the two particular rules that they're putting in place, I really like because there is no need to get out of the box after every pitch. There's no need. Right. And it's gratuitous with hitters and pitchers take too damn long to throw a pitch. You want to throw over to first base 55 times in an inning? Knock yourself out. That's strategy. I have no problem with that. If you can't get a sign and throw a pitch in 30 seconds, you're a problem, Mike Pelfrey. Get the ball, throw the ball. It's, it's too long. It takes too long. The other thing I would do is limit pitching changes. I really would. Because that's the thing. I mean, you could watch the seventh through ninth inning of a baseball game, and it takes two hours. I mean, it's just, there's got to be a way to speed it up. Yeah. Uh, that's one reason. The other reason is is sort of a selfish thing from like, if you could make the game faster to watch for a kid, I think you'll have a lot more kids watching. Like my son at four, granted he's young, but my son can sit and watch a two-and-a-half-hour hockey game. It's two-and-a-half hours. Yeah. You know, my son cannot sit through a three-hour and 22-minute Met game. He can't. A, because of the nature of the game, and B, because three hours and 22 minutes. So if you, if you can get that game down to, you know, 255, 250, I got a shot. Okay. That's fair. You know, football's the same way. I mean, football's a three-hour, three-hour and ten-minute investment, but it moves. You know, baseball is a pastoral game. It moves slowly. If you can do something to speed it up for TV audiences, I think you should. So I I actually like both rules. I'm interested to see if they work. 
Um, it, look, the game the game evolves, right? It does. So things have to change. Things have to change. Yep. That's fine. It does. Um, I am bizarrely fascinated with the Yankees' starting rotation. <laughs> I find the Yankees, for some reason, the Yankees are... Look, the Mets are interesting to me. I love the Mets. That's really all I care about baseball-wise. But I shouldn't say that. I love baseball. But this Yankee team is just intriguing to me. It just is. I don't know why. I don't know. I just find it. Not that like I'm going to watch them or anything or hate them any less. They're just really interesting to me, the way they're constructed. Mm-hmm. Like like Pineda, right? How long have we loved Michael Pineda? Everybody's danced with them on their fantasy team. Shoot, I know certain people in this room, you and I both, who have kept him. Right? But is this the year that he stays? He's What is he, like 24? Yeah. I mean, you could be looking at Tanaka, which is fascinating to me as well, because if he comes back from this and never requires surgery and he chose to rehab it the Japanese way and not have surgery, and basically look at Tommy John's surgery and be like, nah, I'm going to do it this way. And pitches through it and is successful. You're going to be looking at a different way of looking at Tommy John. I I have this image of Tommy John sitting in a room in a robe and a glass of wine, and he's just, like, sitting back, and he watches, he's got, like, a tote board <laughs> of all of the pitchers that are going in for surgery, and he just sits there and admires it, and, like, he's drinking. All of a sudden, Tanaka's name comes up, and then it goes off the board. Right. And he just spits <laughs> the wine out. The digital board, right. Right. Like, everything is really classy and sophisticated, and all of a sudden, he just spits the wine out and curses in his in his velvet robe and ascot. Well, well, well. And and he's got to be really sinister about it. Like, <laughs> well, well, well. And then he presses, like, the intercom. <laughs> Jim, yeah, get me Dr. Andrews. <laughs> and just sits back, takes the snifter back. Right. And is like, well, well, well. We'll see what you're made of, Mr. Tanaka. He puts he puts the glass down and he picks up his pipe and he starts chewing on his pipe a right. little bit like right. hmm. Hmm. Well, this well, is an interesting well. development. Well, I did not see this coming. Jim, do me a favor and get Brian Cashman on the line. <laughs> Tommy John, <laughs> tell him it's TJ. No surgery, huh, Mister Tanaka? Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> I I I think there's no way he avoids it. And I think that I know. that's what, that's what's fascinating to me. That's why this rotation is fascinating. I think this whole thing is just going to blow up. If they're putting so much on him, it's going to blow up. And CC Sabathia put on weight. He put on <laughs> on purpose as he got older. Put weight on. He get, he wants to go back to being fat CC because he was better that way. I love as it. As opposed to CC Deville. <laughs> as opposed to CC Deville. We were doing all sorts of stuff. Well, who's suddenly Guy Fieri? <laughs> <laughs> but okay, if they're all healthy, if everybody's healthy, your rotation is Tanaka, Pineda, Sabathia, Iovoldi. Eovo- How many syllables? Evoldi. Ovaldi. Or Ovaldi. 
Ivaldi? Nate Ivaldi, yeah. Nate Ivaldi, so the O is silent. Yes. Okay. Um, so Tanaka, Pineda, Sabathia, Ivaldi, Ivaldi, and Capuano. And Cappy. And Ham and, and, and Capuano, right. That's your starting five. Where does Nova fit in? Well, he's not back until May, right? Right. Or, or June. I mean, I think Nova slots in quite nicely for Ham Capuano at that point. Yeah, maybe. Well, and their bullpen or, 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 is really good. Their bullpen's great. <laughs> their bullpen is great. So they've they've got pitching this year if it all works out. Yep. They can't hit. I still I maintain. I've said it for weeks. They they smell to me like an eighty two to eighty five win team. Yes. However, uh, high high end for me, I think. I think they're probably close to the eighty five. Right. However, if Beltron gives you anything, if you know McCann gives you anything, if again. if Teixeira get, but but we never play the if game with the Yankees. No, because why? Because they're the Yankees. Well, yes, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. But you never play the if game with the Yankees. Like, the right. Yankees are playing the if game. They are. And they're playing the if game at first base. They're playing the if game at shortstop. At second at, base. At second at base. At third base. At third base in right field. And at catcher. They're not playing the if game at catcher if you've been listening. If you've been paying attention. Oh, I'm sorry. McCann is a given. He's he's just he is automatically going to bounce back. A given for what? He's a given. Oh, okay. So you don't have to I worry have about to give that. To worry about Gardner. Listen, you don't have to worry about Ellsbury. I don't give a McCann what you say. And you don't have to worry about McCann. I don't give a God McCann what you say. But everybody else. Everybody else. What 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 do you think they're going to get out of Rod <laughs> this year? A lot of grief. Ah, no, on the field. Oh, I'm sorry. On the field. What do, what do you think? What do you think? How do you see this playing out? Cal, I have no idea. Look into that crystal ball. He could, he could run onto the field in a clown outfit at, at, and, and, and push Chase Headley out of the way at third base. <laughs> what, what if he just on ran? On day. What if he just like calmly walked out to third base and stood there? Like, what, what are you doing here? And no, just refused to move. Right. Like, Alex, you're not in the, you're not in the lineup. You're and he's just like, all right, let's go. Come on. Let's go, boys. Ready. Let's get him. <laughs> and, like and that would not surprise me. No. Nothing would surprise me with him. You, no. want, you know you know what? what would <laughs> just standing at third base. Jay Sedley's like, I don't, like, looking around, like, should I? <laughs> is this, are we doing this, or? This is gonna get this is gonna get really ugly. I um <laughs> looking at the dugout for help, like Joe, um anyone? I mean he's all he's ready to go. He's got, <laughs> got his flip up sunglasses on. Big gloves. You know. Doing the, the bleacher creatures, like doing roll call. That that was my name, Alex. They said Chase Headley. <laughs> why are you why are you taking a bow for roll call? What are you what are you doing, man? Oh man. This isn't dignified, Alex. What 
What would surprise me is if he would, if he had a big offensive season. That would surprise me. Yeah, it would it would surprise me too. Right? If he if he batted like if he even batted like two seventy five and hit twenty home runs, I don't I don't even see that happening. No. I he's gonna get playing time. Get a DH over who? You have six guys on that team that need to DH. Uh, you just rotate it. I mean, are you playing against lefties? Instead, Headley isn't Headley a, is he a switch hitter? Headley? No, but I, I'm saying you DH him against lefties. <sighs> hey, you're leaving Chris Young on the bench. Chris Young, Chris Young's uh, gonna play right field. Oh, he start. Well, then where's Beltran gonna? Beltran's play? gonna be the DH. <laughs> then, then where's A Rod playing? <laughs> I don't know. Let's go, Chase. Let's get him, <laughs> buddy. We can't both play third base today. We can't do it, Alex. That's <laughs> great if he just keeps calling him Alex instead of A Rod. Listen, A Rod. <laughs> DD Gregorius is like I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm new here, man. <laughs> I am new here. I am not getting into all of this. Yeah, he'll just he'll just move over there. Right. Oh, oh, you're not going to move? I right, just go over here. I'll play shortstop. I'll play shortstop today. Then <laughs> <laughs> DD Gregorius, like a new kid, like he doesn't. Why do I keep calling? Is it Gregorius? Great, yeah. Like, like the calendar. The Gregorian calendar. Right. Is, is that what John Sterling's going to say when he gets a home run? <laughs> Turn the page on the Gregorian calendar. Is it Don Pardo who's doing the game now? Cal, you know the rules of RTU. All public service, all public address announcers. Yes. And broadcasters will be done as Don Pardo. You yes. know the rules. I, I apo- or I, a, some sort of hybrid of Don Pardo and Bob Shepard. That's correct. Yes. These are the rules. The elements of, of two men, two dead men. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, look, these are the rules. I, I, it's not my fault. No, you're right. I'm sorry. I, uh, I, I, I forgot. They're going to be magnificently fascinating to watch. It's going to be interesting, I think. <laughs> What's your name? Chase? Yeah, no, I'm playing third base today, buddy. <laughs> hey, Skip, what's this guy doing out here at third base? You wanna, can, you, can you just have him? Yeah, what's, the, what's this guy's name? Chase? Is that even a name? Yeah, buddy. Take a seat. Now Girardi's out there. There's three guys standing at third base. They're waiting <laughs> for the game to start. He's like, listen, Alex, A-Rod. A-Rod, gonna- buddy. Come on, be a buddy. Be a buddy. Why don't you come with me? Be a buddy, pal. He's like just delusional. Like they lead him off the field. Like he's like a seventy-eight-year-old. You know, like no, like, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no. I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna take. This is not the game. I'm gonna take you to where the game is. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Great, Skip. Let's Great. do it. Let's go. Nice meeting you, Chase. <laughs> okay. Uh, real quick on the Jets and Giants, and then we, and then we move away. And then we move to the fun load. Do want to mention that we are doing the simulcast, the podcast again, April thirtieth, Thursday, April thirtieth at Five Milestone, with the Turn on the Jets boys. Uh, we're doing a joint live streaming podcast at Five Milestone in New York City, seven p.m. to nine p.m. There will be a light door charge, but that will so. <laughs> there will be a 
A light show? It will be a laser light show. Bouncy house. <laughs> Um, no, there, there'll be a, a small cover charge, but that will include uh, raffles. Uh, Joe's going to do some giveaways, some jet giveaways. Uh, also, there's going to be drink specials all night with beers provided by award-winning craft brewery, Gunhill Brewing Co. They won an award, Cal. Yes. One Congratulations. Of best, one of the best stouts uh, in the country. Um, so they're going to have some beers on tap there. Uh, so we're doing it with uh, Gunhill Brewery Co., uh, Dave Lopez and Kieran Farrell. Uh, buddies of ours, and of course Joe Caparoso and the whole uh, Turn on the Jet staff. Join podcast, our buddy Jay Masale. It is high. Um, is going to be doing sound for us again. That's April 30th, Thursday night. Plenty of time for promotion. It's going to be really cool. If you're in the New York City area, come watch the draft with us. Have a couple of beers, chill out. And basically, if you're hanging out, it doesn't matter what your uh, team you're a fan of. Obviously, there'll be a bit of a jet spin, but Giant fans, every fan is welcome, and when your team's on the clock, we'll throw you on the air. It's going to be a really good time, all the Joe's guys and stuff. So that said, I just have one thing, um, Cal. I I watched a lot of the scouting combine, hmm. and um, I, I, uh, I, I find it uh, you know somewhat fascinating, uh, or at least interesting. I, it's one of those things that I had on in the background all weekend because uh, Tree and the boys were away. Uh, Teresa and the boys were away in Texas, and um, uh, and I was you know doing stuff around the house like all day. I had all these great projects, and it was and I love that kind of stuff. Um, and so I just had it on the background, you know, minus the two and a half hours for the Islander Capitals game on Saturday. I had it on the background. Is there a reason? And I, I'm going to get, uh, you know, we're not NFL scouts. You watch the scouting combine, which is now a made-for-TV event, um, as is everything with the NFL. You know, I don't know what the heck I'm looking for. I see some things. I, I, you know, I see a guy's 40, or you see like a wide receiver run the the gauntlet drill, and you say, oh wow, he looks the ball in really well, seems to catch it naturally. Like we watch enough football to know that there's value in that, right? But I would say, you know, I'm not a scout. Connor Rogers, who writes for Turn on the Jets and also Bleacher Report, is like a scout now. Like he's yeah. watching film, and he's this is what he does. The kid is this is what he does, and he's pretty good at it. Um, I'm not. I, I like watching it. But can I ask a question? Is there a reason that they don't have the quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs going through drills like the gauntlet drill or the, the throwing drills with a helmet and shoulder pads on? And shorts. Just shells, shoulders, and shorts. Is there, yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? I don't know. I don't know. Wouldn't it be because, you know, somebody said to me, well, you know, I guess that's what like North-South practices for or the East-West Shrine game or whatever. Like you get to see those guys in practice all week. But not the juniors. Right. I mean, there was like, what, 42 juniors at the, you know, at the combine. Mm -hmm. You're never going to get to watch these guys practice. Maybe you can see them do it if they have pro days. Why wouldn't you have the receivers in shoulder pads and helmets? Wouldn't that be a more accurate gauge of how they catch a football with shoulder pads on? Yeah, you'd think. Right? I don't know. I don't know why they don't do it. That's like, interesting. Marcus Mariota, you know, who threw at the combine, and Jameis Winston both threw at the combine. And by the way, I want no part of Mariota, which guarantees the Jets will draft him. Why? I just. Oh, well, I guess we'll have time to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we we got plenty of time to talk about it. But, um, 
Um, wouldn't that be a better gauge of how they throw the football if I could see them drop back with shoulder pads on and a helmet? Right. Like a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, let me see you make that throw with your shoulder pads on. <laughs> right? Like when is he – like they say, oh, well, when do you ever run a 40-yard dash in a football game? Well, when do you ever drop back and throw the football without your shoulder pads on? And your helmet. Are you doing that a lot in a game? Oh, what good is the 40-yard dash? You never run 40 yards in football. Yeah, well, when's the last time you had a receiver run a gauntlet drill <laughs> in practice without his shoulder pads and his helmet on? I, I don't know. Right? You're, you're right. Could they make that change? I guess, I mean, look, if it was... Somebody else said this to me when I brought it up. My my buddy Brian at work said, he's like, you're not wrong. He said, but if it was a change that the scouts wanted, they would have made it already. That's a good point. That's true. And I said, yeah, no, I think I'm speaking from a fan perspective. <laughs> you know, like, I would get a heck of a lot more out of it. <laughs> Um, are you uh, last thing are you as excited for a free agency with the Jets as I am because they have to spend they have to and they have the money to spend they have 54 million dollars under the cap and they have to spend to the cash floor right Uh, yeah yeah. I think March 10th is a pretty big day it's good and there's a lot and there's a lot of free agents this year Yes. You know, there's a lot of options out there. Yep. It'd be interesting to, it's going to be very interesting to see what their philosophy is and where they go. Yep. Who they're and, going to target. And they have a lot of holes to fill, obviously, and there's a lot they can do. And more importantly, they have to spend like $32 million right. in free agency. They have to. Like, they have no choice. <laughs> they will be fined a draft pick if they don't. And McCagnan knows this. They'll be. I. I don't. I'm, of course, they're going to spend. I think it'll yeah. be fine. I don't think it's going to be frivolous. Frivolous at all. Yeah. We. we I. I would. Uh, free agency is what the tenth. I think it starts the tenth, right? It is the tenth. So next week, let's let's build in some time to talk about that. Okay. For, Got for it. Jets and the Giants. Like what we'll be looking at, because that'll be that'll be like five days beforehand. Right. Okay. Let's go to the fun load, man. Okay. You feel good about that? So do I. All right. We're going to move from the sports portion of the program to the fun load portion of the program. If you've been listening live, uh, we have about a half an hour left of the live feed. Um, the fun load sometimes runs over that. So thank you for listening live. And if you're just downloading this, um, uh, thank you for doing so. Please go to iTunes and subscribe. Or if you downloaded this from iTunes, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment if you like it. That'd be cool. <laughs> In the five years we've been on, we've not had one review. What you say? I guess no news is good news. Um, and also go to rtusports.com. You can dot cam, <laughs> and uh, it's in Chicago, so you could uh, get the podcast over there and uh, have some sausages. And uh, we make sausage right there on the on the, on the website. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week with the live show. So uh, it is now.